0: Welcome to Get Jashed, a conversation series where guests share their stories and how they learn, deal with, practice, screw up, and rise in leadership and communication. I'm your host, Jess Jash, founder and head creator at Jay Lee, where I help impact positive change in high-performance teams. I believe there is more than one way to do leadership and communication, so here we are. If you want to know more about how you or your team can work with me, head to j That's dot leecomau in the meantime, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Get Jashed. Uh, today I'm excited because we have a little bit of um, a special episode, I guess. So today I have with me Suzanne Kohlberg. So Suzanne is what... We, and she refers to as the NOPE coach who helps overgivers and people-pleasers learn to set boundaries and say no without feeling like a bitch, which is my favorite thing right now. So um, we are doing a special two-parter between Get Jashed and Suzanne's podcast as well. So this is part one, but to hear the rest of the episode, you'll have to go a week later over to Suzanne's podcast, but I'll get her to introduce that when the time comes as well. But in the meantime, let's get chatting. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to record this. Me too. It's so exciting. And I love this topic because... Um well, I mean, if we look at societally at the moment, it's, it's a very big topic about like women feeling like a bitch or being called bitches because they say no. And, and that's my lens on it. Like I'll lay up women immediately into that, but tell me or tell us a little bit more about like where this came from for you.
2: It's, it's interesting. You should say for women, because yeah, in general, if a men if a man says no, it can be just like, yeah, sure. Or he's got he's well-spoken or whatever but if a woman says it it's like no we're supposed to be accommodating and and do all the things for all the people but never never um make it look like we're doing all the things i remember years ago i watched a movie called center stage like about ballet yes and um it was like we want to see we want to see the moves we don't want to see the effort behind it and it's kind of like it's so much like that it's like yeah i can do all this stuff and not that you know i'm carrying all these plates and worried that one of them will drop so basically where it came from is my own people-pleasing exploding doormat history where, you know, I I love the people-pleaser being referred to as exploding doormat because eventually, you know, the doormat does get exhausted enough and then just lets loose. And if we had kind of said something earlier, we wouldn't reach that explosive point.
1: Right. There's, oh, there's so many layers in this. And I feel this so deep in my bones. Um, It's, it's, it's exactly all of that like with with the being called a bitch and the difference between men and women i actually i actually had a really refreshing conversation um with some people like men that i work with last week and um I, I checked in on them because the conversation we'd had the week prior i was like i kind of just got into saying it as it is mode and i was really in that zone and i was just like yeah it's this no la la I walked away. I'm like, Oh, was that too much? Like, I wasn't mean. I was just honest. And like, I checked in with them the week after and said, Hey, like, you know, I just wanted to check. They're like, no, no, be bossy. And they specifically said they're like, we know that, you know, you know, we're not meant to call women bossy, like all of that because there's such a, like such a double standard. They're like, no, no, that's why we want you here. We want you to be bossy. So there was that refreshing moment, but so I think that's why this is sort of on my mind as well at the moment where I'm like, yeah, they're, there can be that double standard, but I think that's from the process for me, at least, of learning that that exploding doormat element of, oh, if I'm holding resentment, it's usually because I haven't held a boundary somewhere.
2: 100%. And I loved how you, like, I, I was in the moment and I was direct and then I checked in later because I think where a lot of the, the bitch label comes from. Is where we do explode, where we say we don't say anything, we don't say we don't say anything, and then we're like right, and and then let loose weeks or months or years worth of resentment in one thing. I remember very early on, um, I've been with my husband since I was eighteen, and his workplace um, they often did these courses and stuff that they sponsored us to attend, and one of the very first ones we went to was on communication, and whenever they had the things, we were like sure, let's go. <laughs> Yeah, of course. <laughs> and um what they spoke about, and to this day we've been together over twenty years now, is when you have a disagreement or an argument or something, because it happens, like it's life. We're not always going to get along, but keep it to whatever that thing is about. So say it's kind of like you've left your towel on the floor or you know, something minimal. Yeah. that is what you're discussing it's not like and then you were mean to my mother and you didn't pick up <laughs> and the dinner was half cooked and like and that's what we tend to do we we wait and we wait and we wait and then it's like a it's like if you shake up a coke bottle or soft drink and then you oh. open the lid and it sprays everywhere whereas if we're just like actually and i think for many of us in the moment we think oh it's not that big of a deal and of course it's not but when you address it when it's not that big of a deal it doesn't become this big Looming I, explosion.
1: That's exactly it. And and as you're sharing that it's sort of this realization of it, the layer that it is also that sometimes the thought process is, well, I won't bring it up because it's not big enough to bring up. I shouldn't make a big deal. Like I shouldn't make a deal out of it at all. Like you know, it's almost like minimizing our own experience and going, oh, it's not that. It's it's not having that much of an impact on me. I don't need to bring it up. And then we do the Coke bottle thing and, like, let it build pressure and build pressure and build pressure and build up and build up, and then it does explode. So it's like, well, it's almost like I want to say we, the royal we, obviously this is very generalised, but, like, you know, it's almost like we, we need to start with honouring our experience even on the small level and not minimising it and not saying, oh, this isn't enough to bring up. We just get yes. to go, hey, can
2: We just make this slight little adjustment over here. I can think of a really common example in the workplace. If somebody mm-hmm. gives you a job to do and they're like, it will just take five minutes, and normally they give it to you on Friday afternoon at 4.30 when you <laughs> finish at 5, yeah. and it doesn't take five minutes, it takes two hours. So then you're staying back and we just think, oh, well, it's just a one-off. I won't say anything or it's not that big of a deal. But, like, if you ask me to do something, hey, Suze, can you do this for me? It's going to take five minutes. If I do it and then say, actually, Jess, this took me two hours, so next time or in future or whatever, and, like, have the clear ways there because I think a lot of the miscommunications or things in the workplace is we're too embarrassed to speak up or we just we don't want to rock the boat or risk getting fired or whatever. Yeah. But having that conversation and saying, you know, actually this is how long it took me because what can happen is you can be like, oh, often it sparks curiosity, not immediate judgment. And somebody can say, so what did you do? And you explain it. And then what they asked versus what you did, this is a total miscommunication there. Or they actually realise that what they thought would be five minutes is a more involved thing. And that, you know, brings it forward because the best example for this, you know, speaking back to, um, you know, generalizations of men versus women. Since COVID, my husband works from home, which has um, been the gift of COVID for us. And we we don't have the biggest house. I don't try to listen in, neither of us do, but you can't help it sometimes. And I remember this one time he was on the call and he's like, okay, so which one is the priority? And I can't hear the other end because he's got his headphones in. And he's like, let me just interrupt you there. Um, I just remind you, priority means only one. Like he wasn't rude. He wasn't sarcastic. He wasn't whatever. <laughs> and then they're going again. And he's like, I- I'm just going to interrupt again there. Um, I can only do one thing at a time. So which one? And then once again. And then he goes, okay, I'm just going to end this here. If you don't tell me which one of these things you want me to do, I'm just going to do the one that's most fun for me. And I just, like, as a woman, I was like, I could never speak like that. And I was like, but why? Because yeah. it's true. Priority is one. You can do one thing at a time. When you multitask, you do a bunch of things not very well. And I just loved his frame of, well, if you don't give me what, what you want, then I'm just gonna pick. So yeah. I love that. That lights my little heart up. Like I'm like, oh, I'm gonna use that. Not that I've really
1: had like maybe just with myself, really. Because I'm like, yeah, no, I'm I'm I don't I'm I'm fortunate that I'm not in scenarios where that comes up a lot, but it it
2: can. And it's like, oh, yeah. I like it's something I do for myself. When I've got a to-do list which is never ending, which you know we all do. I look at it instead of allowing myself to wallow in overwhelm or pity or whatever, and then just zone out and eat chips. I'm like, okay, what's the best use of me? So if all these things that need to be done, because you know, as I said, never-ending to-do list. What's the best use of me? And like, it might be well, right now, clean clothes because you know (laughs) the laundry pile is pretty big, (laughs) or clean dishes or something, and then doubling that up with something I like, like an audio book or a podcast, so that makes the task less daunting and 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 dry. But it's kind of like. Stop spinning in the overwhelm. And then when someone else asks, a lot of people, when they look for a break, I ask them what they do and they go check my email. I'm like, never, ever check your email as a break because all you're doing is stopping your to do list to answer somebody else's because the email is full of someone else making requests of you. So a true break, five minutes, hot cup of tea, sit in the sun, read a book, listen to a meditation, I don't mind, but never, ever check your email for a break. (laughs) Never make it about like other things
1: or other people in, in that way. And obviously, with the the small little caveat that just popped up in the rain, where you can of like you know, but that's it. It's just this. um, (laughs) It's that ADHD life too, where
2: it's like (laughs) squirrel, squirrel, squirrel,
1: (laughs) and it's like oh, I have all these things I want to do and all these things I've got to do and la la la. And I've learned to look at like uh, ask the question, what's what's the next best step and. What's lingering that is a bigger job. So like, I always use taxes as an example, like doing your, um, your preparing for me, it's preparing my books and from this year onward, it's a lot easier process, but I've still got the previous year to sort of contend with. But, so I was like, yeah, it's preparing my books, send to my accountant, and then my tax return can be done. So I like, cool. If that's a lingering thing, it's just a good example. Cause most people, everyone has to deal with taxes. Like if that's a lingering thing for me in the background of my energy Sometimes getting a start on that, like just doing like, oh, checking on, like calculating the logbook for my car, for example, is the next best step because I've gotten a start and then my brain could go, oh, thank God, she's actually... Like paying attention to that for a moment, like
2: oh yeah, we're- breaking it down into small things because sometimes you can look at you know whatever task it is and there's so many steps I don't even know where to start. Like I'm thinking things that both you and I have a podcast. I don't know how long you took to get yours going, but mine was a many multi-year process because it just. It seemed so hard. And then I've actually got two podcasts and the first one was it took forever and the second one I made in a day because we discount how much we learn the first time that we've done something and we've got all these skills that are repeatable. And as you said with the taxes, it's like, okay, I'll look at the car logbook or I'll look at, um, you know, whatever expenses it is or maybe I'll just look at this month rather than the entire financial year or even just this week. And then for me, it's funny you mentioned taxes because I just did mine for last year, last week, and I was like, I'm I'm not uh, like I've literally scheduled into my diary once a month to go and balance zero each month because when I mucked it up, I was like, oh, there's this one line item like back from last September that mucked the entire year. And I was like, if I did this one month at a time, this wouldn't have been an issue. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I bring it up
1: because I have to do it. And it's like, it's clearly on my mind. So I'm like, cool. It's never as big of a job as I think it is. And now using zero anyway. This is not an ad for zero, but now using zero, like from the from now on, it's like oh, it's going to be even easier. I know this.
2: Oh, it's so easy. Oh my god, I did a spreadsheet forever, like just Excel, and it was so clunky. And then I went to zero, and I was really um, responsible for the first two years, and every month did it. And then the last year, my life kind of went on a different tangent, and um, I chose to prioritize my time elsewhere. And I was like, this is why you do it once a month, Sue. Yeah. And I made the time then and there to go schedule into my calendar.
1: Yeah that's it it's just like yeah it's always like this big scary thing also because not even scary this big overwhelming thing because it's that but in that process too is learning I've learned is to sort of give myself permission in the home space or in the social space or in the workspace to go I am actually scheduling that in and that's kind of like when I'm saying yes to cool I'm gonna spend for for the sake of time and ease I'm going to spend an hour working on that I'm going to schedule that in which means I need to say no to other
2: things yes 100% I'm think that because this
1: is actually like it's it's releasing the pressure valve if there is one but it's also like just creating ease in my energy because I'm doing things otherwise that's going to build up in the background while I'm trying to do everything else and I know what kind of person i become
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's that quadrant thing. I can't remember what it's called, but it's like, you know, important, not urgent. And -hmm. a lot of our things, you know, taxes or, you know, clean clothes, dishes, Mm -hmm. grocery shopping, they're important, but they're not urgent. So, But then if you don't address them, you get to the point where you have all these things that are now urgent and no capacity left to address any of them. And then it's in the moment, like so. say you've got your time scheduled to do your tax or whatever, and then you think, oh, nah, I just can't bother doing this today. I'll do it next month or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's the um, the self-restraint to actually go, no, I am going to commit to following through. And then if someone else asks you, could you just yeah. being able to say not right now or no? Um, and I think sometimes we're afraid to say no to people because we don't want to let them down, but it's more if we're letting, A, we're letting ourselves down. Like if you've got something scheduled that you need to do, but B, I think a lot of us forget they can ask someone else. Like, are we the best person to do this? Like, imagine, I'm just imagining someone asked me to help them with their tax. I'm just laughing. It's like, this is not my wheelhouse whatsoever. (laughs) And I think, well, I don't want to let my friend down, but imagine some of the mess I could inadvertently create. Whereas if I said, actually, you know, thanks so much for asking me. I'm not the best person for this. You'd be better off, you know, hiring a bookkeeper. I'm thinking, random example, my sister um wanted to start a YouTube channel for her business. And she's like, I can see you've got a YouTube channel. Like, I do, but I really like, I'm in no way, shape or form a YouTube expert. In this case, I'd recommend hiring someone and getting the SEO and whatever, like getting it done properly. And I remember her saying, well, I could just, you just don't want to help me then. And I was like, no, it's not that at all. It's just that you know, so I, I ended up. I did help her, and we got her YouTube channel started, and it's up and running. But much like mine, it's kind of glacial in its growth. Yeah. Um. But for me, YouTube <laughs> isn't a priority. I stick everything there, and if you're watching this on YouTube, thanks. Shout out. So hello. Hello. <laughs> but you know, it's kind of like, and I think that's the thing too. Choosing where you prioritize your stuff. Like being a podcast, I prioritize the listeners, but then some people prefer to watch, or that they can get the um transcript via YouTube with just putting on the um. That, that automatically. But, you know, if somebody is actually wanting to do this as their priority and it's not your main wheelhouse, then recommending them to an alternate resource is in their best interest. Mm, that's it. And I think it's also
1: with this problem solving because, again, generally, like generalizing women, especially as sort of like, oh, well, we, if we can't provide like the solution, then we're sort of, you know, like we, we got to get in and help. And I, I had a friend who is having, um, like a lot of people having conversations with their real estate and their landlord about their rent at the moment. And she's young, she's um, in her early twenties. So she's very like fresh to all of, all of this sort of stuff. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I, I feel like I know rental law without even having studied rental. <laughs> like I'm like, there's something in like, yeah, I know this, but there was something um, that happened where they offered like they they increased the rent and then they offered to sort of like a a a decreased increase. And she's like, yeah, cool. She signed it. And then they were like, Oh, actually we're still thinking about increasing. And I'm like, Hmm, that's, that's dumb anyway. And we know this. She's like, well, what do I do? And this is literally one of those times where my, I would call the RTA. So that's our residential tenancies authority. My, I would call the RTA because that's enough of like a, gray area and not my area of expertise. And I don't need to become, make that become my area of expertise. Even as a tenant, but it's not even my rental agreement we're talking about. It was someone else's. I'm like, I don't need to then do the research and then still be kind of unsure. It was just this ability to go, look, you know, this is what I would do. And not dive into the rabbit hole of the website and the forms and everything like that. And just be like, I would just call them. I would just get on the phone, ask them the question. And that seems so simple, right? Like, even as I say, I'm like, "Yeah, of course, duh." Like, but how many times do we immediately dive into, like, very well-meaning? Because I have people in my life who who do this, like, they're so well-meaning. I'm like, "No, no, no, don't dive into it." Like, I don't want you to. <laughs> I just wanted to ask. Like, but how many times do we just dive into the rabbit hole of doing the research for someone? For example, yes. when we think- can even when oh, it's sorry. No, that's all right. Like when we don't even know when it's just like a, a it's just a hey, you know what? There's a whole department set up for this. I would just call them.
2: I think that's such a great example of of the difference between being generous and overgiving. So you can be very generous with your time, energy, resources, but sometimes like the grey area where we go into overgiving is, as you said, when we start researching it or we start inquiring on their behalf or then we follow up with them doggedly and we become more obsessed with the result than the person is and we don't mean to. Like we think, oh, you know, I'm just helping out and it's like, no, 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 it's gone too far here. And then sometimes, you know, entire friendships and relationships can be built on this expectation and it can turn into entitlement after a time on the other person's behalf and once again when you start to say no to those things that's when the bitch label can come back up well we used to do it you used to care you don't care about me now and it's like well actually this is a a restructuring of of a boundary and you know what what we're involved or not like if someone says hey this is happening in my rent oh here's some suggestions and then as you said from here i'd recommend you know this is where you call in the big guns or this is where you um you know contact there's entire um places dedicated to d- to doing this and you can get the best information as opposed to, you know, trying to go solo. And I think in business we tend to, especially small business or, or new business, you know, try and help each other out sometimes. And it can be great, but also it can be the blind leading the blind at times. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Like it's like your YouTube example. It's like, yeah, like
1: I, and I've started saying things to people, like even with setting up podcasts, and like, look, I did it and I could kind of like tell you what I did, but I don't know if it's best practice because I just figured it out. You know, like it's such a difference. But, like, I think if we, with boundaries, I think if we look at boundaries as dynamic, the best way I like to view boundaries and sort of it was reflected to me um, by someone else at some point in time as well was boundaries are how to be successful in relationship with each other.
2: Ooh, yes, yeah, Yes. I love that. And yeah. also the part that you said, in relationship. I think sometimes people, when someone sets a boundary, they start to freak out, they're like, oh, they don't want me in their life or whatever. But the opposite is true. The fact that they're taking the time and the energy to set or uphold or reinforce a boundary means that they want you in their life. It's when they start ghosting or ignoring or, or something like that, that's when the problem arises. But, you know, we're all different and we all have different things going on that you know often people aren't aware of behind the scenes and we don't want to be like emotional dumpsters and you know put all our stuff on other people but you know knowing when and where and how much you can ask of somebody um and also too like thinking about business and friends and stuff too sometimes it's like this is just a chat versus actually and this is what I have a lot of this is what I consider coaching and being really clear on that it's like if you want to go further down this line you have to book a session i remember the first time i said that to somebody my mouth went dry and you know i was dying inside but now it's really (laughs) easy um because that gives them the flow like for me this is considered coaching so if you want to go further this is what i recommend oh no but you know and it's like okay cool well then let's just talk about this other thing but in so many areas of our lives like with with my own children they um they, I wanted to hire a house cleaner. And they're like, no, no, we'll do the cleaning. And I was like, hey, this is the list of things that once done and this is how much I'll pay you. And we're recording this on a Monday and it, the weekend's just gone. It's normally the day that I pay them. And I was like, well, the things aren't done. You don't get paid. And they're like, what? And I was like, well, this is how life works. This is a consequence of you not upholding your end. So it'll be interesting to see how the coming week goes. But, you know, some people will be like, oh, you're such a mean mom or you're a bitch or they're only young. And I was like, yeah, but they need to learn now.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: like we, uh, this is a whole other conversation, but like as adults or caregivers, like it is our responsibility to send them out into the world fully functional human beings, and that includes knowing how to do your laundry. Hundred <laughs> percent. That, that feels like a good point to pause. Part one, yes. Um, so for part two, which will be out a week after this one goes out, uh. Or I'll let you actually share the actual date because I think it's slightly off, but do August
2: 26th, want- August 26th, <laughs> if you're in Australia. <laughs> it will be the 25th Wait, if you're- um, So do you want to share the details of your podcast? And- yes, certainly. So my podcast is called The Nope Coach and you can find it on Apple and Spotify, and Google, most places, most major pla- um, podcast platforms, and also YouTube. Otherwise you can just go to my website, suzannekolberg.com. Click on podcast and it's got a whole bunch of links there to where you can find it. Cool. And and part two
1: will be out on the 26th for yes. a show. So yes. And earlier for everywhere else. So <laughs> excellent. Thank you so much. Oh, I can't wait to continue this conversation. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to Get Chashed. If you dig these conversations, please subscribe and share a review. If you want to know more about how you can dive deeper into these topics for yourself, head to j-lee.com.au forward slash courses. You can also follow me on Facebook and YouTube by searching j-dash-leigh and Instagram at J underscore L-E-I-G-H to see the full videos of these episodes and keep up to date with what's going on in our world of communication, emotional intelligence and well-being.